Are you ready to head down the path to an abundant retirement? We're tackling the topics of the mind of the modern retiree. Here on Navigating an Abundant Retirement Radio. And now your host, Carol Dewey. Welcome back to Navigating an Abundant Retirement Radio. I am your host, Carol Dewey, and this week we're going to discuss investment questions investors should ask and what Wall Street doesn't want you to know. Financial and political power congregates on Wall Street. It's the epicenter of the American financial universe and the subject of many a movie about the ruthless and the rich. Few people question why Wall Street holds the purse strings of our nation. To the average American investor, putting your money into stocks, bonds, and mutual funds is just what you do. Rarely do we ask the right investment questions. Investing, or should we say speculating, in the stock market is exactly what approximately 120 million Americans do, often without asking why. There may be other options, but few seek them out. According to a 2022 Gallup report, 89% of American adults with an income greater than $100,000 have money in the stock market. 58% of all adults have money in the stocks regardless of income. Many of these accounts are through 401k, IRAs, and other qualified retirement plans. By far, the most popular default option for such retirement plans is now target date funds. These consist primarily of equities, blending stocks, index funds, mutual funds, etc., with an increasing percentage of bonds as fund owners reach their targeted retirement age. A little-known fact that ought to make investors furious is the Department of Labor actually changed the default option for qualified plan investments from stable value funds, a safe, steady investment that protects principal, to stock-based funds at the end of 2007. This happened just before the stock market started the long slide that deleted trillions of dollars from American investors' accounts. However, few if any of the administrators, managers, and advisors who watched the retirement accounts switch from stable to volatile funds raised questions or protests as to whether this was a good idea. Then stocks slid 50% from October 2007 to March 2009. Even the most supposedly conservative target date funds for those retiring soon lost 23.5%. According to the Smithsonian, the average American household lost one-third of its net worth during the recession. Meanwhile, the banks that received bailouts continued to pay executive bonuses totaling in the billions, according to a report from New York's Attorney General. And before and after the financial crisis, financial corporations spent as much as $100 million per year on lobbying to influence policy decisions and kill regulations that might have protected American investors. Those who benefit from the nearly automatic and assumed funneling of dollars into the stock market would prefer that you don't ask too many hard investment questions. Just repeat the mantra, max out your 401k, and don't ask questions why you're repeatedly instructed to put all of your eggs in one risky bucket. The media, financially dependent on advertising dollars from financial firms, won't ask the hard investment questions either. Instead, the marketing dollars that build top-of-mind awareness for brokerage firms tell you the questions to ask. Not surprisingly, these are the questions that encourage investors to keep handing over their dollars. 
So what doesn't Wall Street want you to know? Wall Street wants you to ask the wrong investment questions. They love when you ask things like, how much should I have in stocks versus bonds? Which mutual funds had the highest returns last year? How much risk do I need to take to earn the rate of return I need? What target date fund should I invest in? Now, while you may think these are getting you closer to wealth, they're obscuring some of the more important information you want to make an even better decision. Do you know how to demand the truth about your money? Most of us don't. We let the media and the popular financial gurus it promotes shape our understanding of financial philosophies, strategies, and products, rarely to our own benefit. So now you're probably wondering what questions should you be asking, and I'm going to share a few of them with you here and why you should be asking these questions. First question, should I invest based on anticipated or past rates of return, or are there more important considerations? Well, while the rate of return is important, you want to avoid losing the money you've worked so hard to save. You must consider safety, liquidity, tax treatment, how much control you have over the money, cash flow, and a whole lot more. We think it's a little crazy to speculate in a market that nobody can predict or control and to pay fees and taxes in order to do so. Yet that is exactly what Wall Street offers. The fine print warns that past results are no guarantee of future performance, and you should take heed. People who build and keep their wealth do not chase unrealistically high rates of return or take risks lightly. In truth, more risk doesn't equal more reward. Risk is the likelihood of loss. So more risk equals more risk. Second question, how can I ensure my money grows regardless of market fluctuations? Are there even better investment choices than stocks and bonds? My answer would be yes, but you'll never discover them if you're listening to Wall Street or typical financial advice. The question they hope you're asking is, how much do I allocate to stocks and how much to bonds? When you ask a brokerage firm how to balance their limited products to manage your risk, you've played right into their hands. Instead, consider that the stock market may not be the best place to invest your hard-earned money after all. Instead, start asking, how can I avoid the peaks and valleys of the market altogether. Then consider prosperity economics, a philosophy that teaches investors to avoid the risk of investment gambling and consider financial products outside of the stock market. For example, traditional options such as whole life insurance, real estate, business, mortgages, and other lending environments continue to provide less volatile options, sometimes at higher returns than the stock market is delivering. Brokers will never educate you about these products even if they invest in them themselves, because their firms don't offer them. They can actually lose their jobs that way. Third question, how will taxes and fees eat into my investment returns? Unfortunately, your advisor will probably show you charts and graphs that will show the potential of an investment, yet not the real returns. You'll have to ask the tough questions or use your own calculator to get the whole truth. A book by Kim Butler called Busting the Retirement Lies outlines how taxes and fees can gobble entire chunks of the typical 401k, even more than half. You have to read and see it to believe it. Remember, it's not what you make, but how much you keep that counts. Fourth question, how do I know you operate in my best interests? Wall Street wants you to ask, what mutual funds do you recommend? Instead of whether or not the advisor works from a fiduciary platform. 
Recent research estimated that 85% of advisors who teach, sell, and advise about retirement accounts do not operate from a fiduciary platform, but rather from a suitability platform. That means that there is no law requiring them to suggest the best choices for you, regardless of their own compensation. Your recommendations just need to be suitable. You can visit our website at perpetualwealthfinancial.com to view a short video explaining the difference between a fiduciary and a broker. Fifth question, can I collateralize this investment if I want it? Let's compare some of the financial products and options available to you and then discuss the differences when it comes to your ability to collateralize the investment. Let's take stocks and mutual funds. Sometimes brokers allow a 50% maximum loan against a mutual fund investment in order to purchase more mutual funds. However, in addition to fees and interest, you could lose big time if a margin call happens. The brokerage can sell your shares to collect interest, fees, and losses above the loaned amount. Then you have 401k loans. At some companies, employees can borrow the lesser amount of 50% of the account balance or a maximum of $50,000. If the person leaves, he or she must repay all the borrowed money in 60 days. And that's using after-tax dollars, of course. Then we have real estate. Often up to 80% of a home's value can be borrowed or remortgaged. Sometimes more for owner-occupied homes, typically less for rental properties or borrowers with less than excellent credit or unverifiable income. Purchase loans can go as high as 96.5 to 100% with FHA or VA loans. Then we have the cash value in a whole life policy. A policyholder often can borrow up to 95% of the policy cash value from the insurance company. Annual interest applies, but you can repay the loaned amount on your own schedule. This is tax-free money unless you cancel the policy. If you die before a policy loan is repaid, the borrowed amount is simply deducted from the insurance payout to the beneficiaries. Many policyholders also love the ability to use their policy for collateral at a bank for excellent rates. The strength of an investment can be measured by if and how you can collateralize it. We call it the leverage test. Through this lens, stocks and mutual funds only fare better than gold, which is easier to buy than sell, and collectibles that only a pawn shop will take. Sixth question, how can I maintain control of my own money? The financial system enables money managers to control the money you invest. What are your mutual funds invested in? Where are your target date funds allocated? Few investors have any idea, and even the money managers making the decisions have no control over the market or its returns. Wall Street loves investors to ask which fund has the lowest fees, because then you're not thinking about how to avoid fees. You're looking instead for the smallest fees. However, even small fees add up over time as the fees and your opportunity costs compound. Astoundingly, the average American household often pays six figures in little fees, according to the Retirement Drain, a study published by public policy organization Demos. And in Busting the Retirement Lies, we were shocked to see that the fees paid to brokerages can add up to more than the total contributions to a retirement plan. Frontline's investigation entitled The Retirement Gamble was an eye-opener about Wall Street and how much of your investment nest egg may be going into someone else's pocket. 
with no guarantees for you. It's an excellent expose. However, the program stops short of recommending real solutions. And the final question, what are the other options to financial planning as usual? This is perhaps the most important question investors should ask, and we have an answer you should consider. Prosperity economics empowers individuals to build wealth and financial confidence while maintaining control of your financial strategy, beliefs, and investment choices. We don't believe in abandoning control of your money to someone on Wall Street who may not have your financial back. Everyone is unique and should have a customized plan that keeps your financial goals and dreams in mind, as well as encompassing individual investor DNA strengths. Get the answers you need about your financial plan in one of our complimentary exploratory meetings. A link to my calendar is located in the show notes. That's all I've got planned for you this week. Until next time, remember that in navigating your abundant retirement starts today. I'd like to encourage you to continue our journey of enlightenment and education by subscribing to our podcast and downloading the show. See you next week. You should consult a financial advisor familiar with the specific circumstances of your unique financial situation before making any financial decisions. Nothing in this broadcast constitutes as a solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities. Any mentioned rates of returns are historical or hypothetical in nature and are not a guarantee of future returns. Carol Dewey is an investment advisor representative of Perpetual Wealth Financial, a Florida-registered investment advisor firm. 